Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I am Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you today? Doing good, Shad. I'm doing good. All right. I want to say thank you to everybody who's joined us for this episode. We'll get our shout-outs taken care of. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast, that is the number four, capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast with no spaces, to save 10% off your order. Just as a note, our uh, promo code does combine with any sales that are going on, so you can get 10% off of whatever the flat rate taken off for a sale is. And then, our other shout-out means I hand the ball to Matt. That would be to Orlando Cologne. Um I also want to give a shout out to uh, Observer Group member Paul Fontaine. Paul does okay. his own like podcast. Uh, Paul was apparently appalled that I was drinking uh, <laughs> Connor McGregor's I- proper twelve <laughs> Irish whiskey as I'm doing the podcast. Really? So like, yes, I'm a professional. I never drink <laughs> during the podcast, and I'm like, uh, well, I'm not professional. I, <laughs> I, I mean, enjoy. I don't, I don't most episodes, but there, I've been known to. Um, Enjoy a white claw before the the show. Are you down with claw? Yes. They're they have new flavors so too. Claw. Yeah. I saw some new flavors. Getting down with that spicy water. You know, oh, you know what I don't understand? Um, what is the obsession with mango and everything? I don't like mango, and they put it in everything now. You didn't I... see the SNL skit? Everybody's like, I need my mango. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like mango by itself, but I feel mango in things is not good. No, I don't think so either. Also, can I also, if we're going to venture into this discussion, please stop putting passion fruit into things. Oh, yes, definitely. Passion fruit is not good. If you want to do sour, do like a sour cherry or something like that. Passion fruit is just nasty. There's another one that they put in everything now, and it's really getting on my nerves. They spent all of the 90s shoving cranberry into everything they conceivably could. See, but cranberry okay. can be okay. Yes. It can be, or it cannot be. Uh, cranberry a... is less offensive to me than passion fruit. Passion fruit, it, almost always disgusting, in my it, opinion. The, the, that stuff is like, you know when you go to, <clears throat> to a restaurant and they like, you can get an assorted fruit when you're trying to eat extra healthy, and it's like, why do I want the assorted th- fruit? You're going to throw a couple of grapes in there with some honeydew and cantaloupe, and I don't like either of those. You're not even going to give me some watermelon, so stop calling it assorted fruit. Just tell me it's melon, please. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm lucky, you might have put one piece of pineapple in there. 
perhaps. I um I I recently made the mistake of basically blind buying a twelve pack of Mountain Dew Major Melon. Oh, oh no. Mountain Dew charged with watermelon flavor. Um, not good. Not good. Uh, and I like watermelon. I so like I was, um I even like I was, watermelon in drinks. Like there's some there's like a good um oh, what's the water? I think it's Bay's watermelon's good. Maybe, I mean, if you if this was like a LaCroix or you know, polar spring, some some sort of like carbonated seltzer or soda water that would had watermelon flavoring, it probably would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But the, the 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 watermelon flavor combined with like the citrus of Mountain Dew is just not good. Yeah, no. I've con- I've contemplated trying to mix this with like vodka or something like that. No, it's like gonna it, get even worse. That might well, it might get tolerable, but I don't know. The problem it's, is like. Know. People, they they do weird stuff with watermelon. It can turn out great, but what you need to do is you need to crank the sweetness up a little bit. But like they mm-hmm. try and mix it with citrus things, and it doesn't go well with citrus. It's like its own taste. And yeah. honestly, watermelon itself is best with like just a little hint of salt to it. Well, that's why if you I, I know I don't think either one of you are like really heavy drinkers, and I gotta make it seem like I'm like an alcoholic, which I'm not. But <laughs> which he is. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> My wife is uh, my wife is from Texas, so like I have enjoyed a margarita my day, yeah. Uh, and I've had kind of watermelon flavored margaritas. Yeah, I've had those because um, if you go to the city of Austin, um, mm-hmm. you will you will forever be ruined and just be chasing that dragon of like the perfect margarita for the rest of your life until you go back oh. to Austin. Oh, absolutely! Like Texas does have the best margaritas. Like uh, Austin is good. Uh, my wife is from San Antonio. San Antonio has like fantastic margaritas. San Antonio. This is this is not specifically a Texas thing, although they do this in Texas. But they they have um, coronitas, which is basically like a giant margarita that they they turn a Corona bottle upside down in. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, it is interesting. I've had it a few a few different places. It's actually pretty good. There's well, there's actually like a a a bar in San Antonio. It's actually like a I think like an offshoot of the Hofbrau Brewery, which uh, San Antonio. This is like this. I'm getting into the weeds of this, but San Antonio has um, that area of San Antonio has a, like a, a significant German population, or at least mm-hmm. German heritage, and that kind of goes into like northeastern. A little bit northeastern of, of San Antonio, like New Braunfels, places like that. It's actually like there was a lot of German immigrants that settled in the area way back when. I don't know why. I don't know the history of it, but there's like a Hofbrau. They do. They literally do like like a dozen different versions of the Coronita. You can have like uh, a cor uh, a margarita with like Blue Moon, or I think there was like a margarita one, one margarita even had like a like a hard orange soda or something. It's weird. They get weird with it, but well, it's actually putting, not bad. If they're putting Blue Moon in it. I'll just pass. <laughs> it's not well. You know what? It's weird combinations, but the the Corona margarita thing actually works because you basically drink the margarita and then when you're done with it, you just like pull up the Corona bottle and then it basically dumps all the beer into it so you, uh, <laughs> you essentially have like a beer chaser at the end my my <laughs> other life advice if you go to texas if mm-hmm. there is any chance what you're about to eat might be spicy it is going to melt your face off like if you if you go to like a mexican uh-huh. restaurant 
and um, you just get chips and salsa, that salsa is going to, like, just melt your tongue pretty much. They're more. They are more. Um, it's more authentic more, there. Yes, it's more authentic. Yeah. My poor wife. It, we go down sooner or later. We're going to go down to Texas to visit family down that way, mm-hmm. and she's just going to be such up creek because she just she she would agree with me when I say this, but she's just such a wimp whenever it comes to spice. But I'll tell you, Shad, if you go to Texas, like you will think you're an alcoholic by day two because like the margaritas are just amazing See, there. Well, they're big I, and strong and delicious. Yeah, I have not yet had a margarita I enjoyed. You will really? enjoy them there. Just because you they, don't like Because here's the thing. Here's the thing that Texas pulls off and nowhere else seems to is in Texas, like they are strong, but you don't taste the alcohol. Like you get like the flavor with a little bite to it. Whereas other places are really guilty of it's tequila with a little um, little mixer, with a little mix of fruit in it. Whereas in Texas, it's like it's it's all about the flavor. Ah, uh, well, I will say about Austin specifically, I was at a, a wedding uh, coming up on like two years ago that took place in Austin. And I was shocked to find that Austin actually has a really substantial craft beer uh, like revival going on. Like there's a lot of like craft breweries there, mm-hmm. like small like microbreweries. But did you do the bats really, really when you went to Austin? Oh yeah, I've done that. I've done that a couple times. Yeah, that's fun. You actually, the last time we actually did it was it was actually at that, uh, like that wedding weekend. Oh, okay. They did. Um, it was kind of, you know, you know, it wasn't kind of like a, like the the rehearsal dinner, but it was basically down near that bridge. Uh, and basically after dinner we all like kind of congregated there because there it, that's like actually a thing, especially in the spring. Uh, when you know it gets it gets darker a little later, so you go around dusk, and you really actually can see just like thousands of bats, just like head out because that's w- when it gets like dusk and it gets um, we're starting to get dark. That's when all like the bugs are out in the kind of yeah. like just kind of low flying in the area. That's when the bats come out and they just it's like mm. a it's like a buffet for them. Yeah. I remember I stayed at um I stayed at a hotel there because I went there a couple times for work. And I mm-hmm. stayed at, um, I think it was the, the, um, what was it called? I, the Embassy Suites I stayed at, and they had swans in the lobby. Oh wow. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a bold move. I guess they just live there, and they have names and everything, and they've lived there for a long time. But, um, so tonight we are doing part two of our draft. Uh, last episode we did our top ten picks, so I'm going to kind of recap who each of us took last time to give you an idea. So Matt took uh, Scott and Rick Steiner, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Steve Williams, Terry Gordy, Barry Windham, Jeff Jarrett, Steve Austin, and Shawn Michaels. Um, I took big. Uh, that's Van... Matt with the Lone Star Championship in the Texas yeah. region. So mm-hmm. uh, me as Great Lakes Championship Wrestling, I took Big Van Vader, Bret Hart, Kurt Henning, Ray Trailer, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, Ming the Barbarian, Ron Simmons, and Two Cold Scorpio. Shad with, was it Appalachian Championship Wrestling? Yep. Um, took Randy Savage, Sting, Stan Hansen, 
Dustin Rhodes, John Tenna, Cactus Jack, Animal Hawk, Jerry Lawler, and Stan Lane. So, tonight we are going to pick up with picks 11 through 20. There's going to be a supplemental manager draft, but we need to dig a little deeper into research that because we don't have a huge list. So, that will be a future episode. Um... Also, uh, I should mention, because I don't think we did, we each started with a couple of regional talents. So Matt also has Chris Adams, Iceman, Parsons, Moadib, who is um, Ahmed Johnson, Black Bart, and Kevin Von Erich. I have Mike Enos, Wayne Bloom, Johnny Stewart, Al Snow, and Sergeant Slaughter. And Shad has Moondog Spot, Moondog Cujo, Brian Christopher, Bill Dundee, and Bob Armstrong. So let us get uh, let us get this off the off with a bang. So Matt, with the first pick of the eleventh round, who are you going to take? Ah, uh, this one uh, this one is tricky. I have guys that I've listed. I think a, there's a couple guys that I was going to pick in my my number eleven through twenty. But they got they got snatched up in the first uh, the first ten. I'm gonna go with the guy who at this point is older, um, mm-hmm. but still Texas. Uh, he's a Texan, true and true. Kind of would still add some uh, some gravitas to my my promotion. You could still kind of have him up in the main event, but you could also have him work with guys as uh, kind of transitioning them to the main event. Still has some. Um, some name value, but uh, I'm gonna go Terry Funk. That's Terry a Funk. great pick. The Funker, that, the Funkster. That, <laughs> that is a great pick. Mm-hmm. It's one that I know I'd been sitting there stroking my beard, going, "Could I justify picking Terry Funk at some point?" And he, I mean, he's not gonna. I think at this point in his career, you're not gonna get like five star classics out of him, but he has name value. He's gonna put butts in seats. He mm-hmm. can. He can. He can work anywhere you need him to on the card. You could tag him with Barry mm-hmm. Wyndham. He could do brass knuckle stuff. He could hold mm-hmm. the main title. And I would argue he has about five good years in him at this point. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would at this point in time, I would probably try, just thinking about booking, I'd probably try and have him. Uh, he has that name value, but I'd try, probably try and have him kind of build up some of my other guys as like main level like main event talent like he could he could feud with them but they would go over um and then towards the end i could i could still have him do kind of brass neck stuff Mm -hmm. Um, almost kind of filling that role that he did in ecw i also think what i kind of commented on at the end of the last episode was i felt you had a really good mix of guys and some guys that could be your main champion but you were really you really didn't have that like national level name that could carry your brand. And I think Terry Funk is that like right out the gate and he can, you know, like you said, he can build your other guys up. Yeah. I think that's just a great pick in general. That's, that's going to help the regional draw just in general too. So I just, I got to applaud the choice. It's great. So I guess I'm up. Mm hmm. So, um, this is a team I've been sitting on for most of the draft. I am going to go over to, to Japan. Um, this is going to be my feature tag team of my promotion. They're going to really set the standard of the style and what you can expect when you watch a Great Lakes Championship Wrestling show. Um, 
I'm going to build my tag team division around them. So I am drafting with my 11th and my 12th pick. I am drafting the Holy Demon Army of Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tawe. That's a great pick. Two if of the four trying, pillars, baby. Yeah, if you're, I mean, if you are in the first episode, you you basically said you're trying to essentially build like a an all Japan level di- uh, promotion, and I mean, these two guys are, yeah, two of the best from the from all Japan historically, and also certainly like in the nineties. Yep. I personally, I, my first, pers- I'm sorry to cut you off. My personal favorite is probably Kawada. Like Kawada was probably like my, my all time favorite all Japan guy. Yeah. I, and I think, I think if you were going to bring two of the four pillars over, um, mm-hmm. they serve me better, even though most people would tell you Taue is the least of the four. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think to get Kawada, you need Taue because, because of the, the Holy Demon army bit. And I yeah. think I would prefer him over Mizawa or Kabashi. Mm-hmm. And I like him and Taue as a tag team. Oh, they were fantastic. Yeah. I don't know how to spell Taui's last name. It's a T-A-U-E. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We should, um, this would be like a deep dive, but we should, we should do a podcast covering, was it like the championship, championship carnival 95. finale? Yeah. We should do that match. It's considered, uh, I don't, Chad, I don't know if you like know this but it's considered one of the best tag matches of all time we've kind of bandied it about a little bit yeah definitely um yeah okay well that comes to me and so i'm gonna have my 11th and 12th pick and now i'm concerned that i need to go ahead and pull the trigger on one of mine um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get someone who wrestles a little differently than everybody else on the card does. And, you know, he's a good-looking guy. Uh, build him up, do good things with him, and I think we can believably have him do stuff with just about anybody on the card. But for me, number 11 is going to be uh, Flying Brian Pillman. That's Ooh, a good pick. that's a really good pick. So, he fits um, your pretty make... boy young guy, too. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to make friend of the show Christy Petrillo either happy or disgusted because I've got him in my 11th slot. I'm not sure which one. He would be happy. <laughs> Just that he's on there. That's a that's a really solid pick because you could have him be face or heel. Mm-hmm. And I actually – this is a really like a sidebar, but I, I what would you say? Would you say like his injury and of course like his untimely death, but like when he did the whole loose cannon thing – Yeah. I think he was he was primed to be like a major force. Oh, I think at the so. time, yeah. Like he he's a good worker. Like if he hadn't gotten injured where he couldn't actually physically go, like I, it's it's complicated because at that time the WWE was still in the mindset of pushing bigger guys, even though they had they had pushed Hart and Michaels by that point. I think he was pretty rich. Yeah, if you kind of put him more in like a modern day times, like he would have been like he would have been like you could have pushed him if this was like comparable to the modern day times, like you could have pushed him like main event status, just how over he was. Yeah. And how the how much hype he had at the time. I'm looking for where uh, a '93 look at him, and you know, dude's pretty built. 
Yeah. But ninety three he was doing he was starting the loose cannon bit, wasn't he? Was that about that time? Uh ninety four maybe. Okay. So he's got the potential in him to do it. And you know what? If we're gonna have some fun with it, then I say let's have some fun with it. I just won't send him a contract that looks like a real contract. <laughs> That's a um, great pick. He has so much charisma. Like if you if you have Savage and Sting on your roster, yeah, like you could have him feud with those two as a heel, and that would be like that could be main event stuff. Yeah. Well, okay, with with Brad hitting up on some uh, on some foreign talent here, I, I'm gonna drop. Um, the a foreign talent I had my eye on because I think he kind of fits what I'm going the hard hitting and he's got some stuff nobody else does so I believe and I hope I'm not shooting myself in the foot but I would for for I don't you know not a it would be probably for short shots you know say three four months at a go and then give him a, give him a break that sort of stuff but this is where I'm going to bring in Kenta Kobashi. So that's me saying, hey, well, okay, I'll admit Kobashi's one of the few that I know much about because he would fit with your roster. He would fit the best of the the, the, the four pillar guys. I think. Yeah. And the 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 reason I know probably I have a more awareness of Kobashi than most folks is because in the e-fed days everybody was a mark for the burning hammer so i went to go learn about the burning hammer and i learned a little bit about kibashi so um you know just the the fact that we've got that i could have him as 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 a hard-hitting spoiler that might come in sometime and and take the challenger title and it's just since nobody's familiar with him nobody knows how to get it off of him things like that um, that's going to be my 12th, 12th spot. That's a good pick. So then I took Akira Tawe with Matt, my 12th. Matt, you got real, you got real quiet. So you might want to, I don't know, turn some, turn your mic up. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, you, you I just... muted myself for a second. Okay. Well, and and my cat came over here and started yelling at my microphone. So apologies for that. Oh, no problem. That's so Brad had, Brad had uh, Tawe for his 12 so that goes back to matt oh it goes back to me okay um so for my 12th uh i'm actually going to pick a guy <laughs> that you guys actually right before the podcast were talking about i have uh, i have a spot to fill because a couple of guys that i was going to take like dustin or stan hansen or cactus jack had already been taken by you guys uh, so I have to I have to try and okay. Pick let's be honest, mm-hmm. that wasn't you guys. That was all my fault. <laughs> well, no, that's fine. That's that's the nature of the draft, brother. So it is, brother. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a guy who I didn't initially thought of, but you guys mentioned him, and I'm like, you know what? He would actually fit really well in my promotion, and there's such a tremendous upside to him, especially given how his career uh, worked out. But I'm gonna go with Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, that's a really great pick. Yeah, Eddie, fantastic worker. Um, in 1993, he was still early in his career. But I actually think my timeline might be a little bit off because I think this – the Worlds Collide, when Worlds Collide pay-per-view, I think that was 94. 
I think so too. So he would have been a little bit before that, but Eddie was kind of just coming into his own. Uh, in 1994, he had uh, a fantastic uh, tag team with Latin Lover, Art Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, they were absolutely fantastic. And if, for those who have not seen the When Worlds Collide pay-per-view, uh, he had a fantastic tag team match against Octagon and El 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 I can't speak El Hijo El 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 Santo El Hijo. Elio, Elio, yes. or yeah, well, you got me. Santo <laughs> Junior. Yeah. El Hio, El Hio, God damn it! I keep yeah. whenever I do it, I keep wanting to hit the H. Hijo. I keep wanting to hit the H's real hard, and I'm not. El-Hijo. I don't think that's right. No, it's El Hijo. Okay. Yeah, they had a fantastic match. Um, he was kind of just coming to his own in 1993, but obviously he got so much better. And, and mm-hmm. Art Bar dying kind of really screwed that up. Yeah, it did. Uh, but if you're looking at my promotion, like he, he would definitely play well because Texas based, and he is definitely was a uh, Latin American star. And the Guerreros had a had a history there. Oh yeah, so. absolutely they did. So I think he would really work well. And down the line, obviously, looking ahead, if uh, thinking about how my promotion would grow, uh, you could have him. You could have had matches with like Shawn Michaels, uh, Jeff Jarrett. He could even work like some of the Hosses. Like he would have been fantastic in that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so thirteenth round, Matt, you're up again. Oh, I'm, oh okay. Um. All right, I'm going to pick a guy who potentially someone might have picked. I'm this is where my the last half of my draft I've kind of am focusing more on like the light heavyweights that I want to uh, build my division because again, uh, it, there's a lot of top heavy guys like Hosses, mm-hmm. uh more heavyweight guys, but I did want to have a really strong like light heavyweight kind of uh, undercard or mid card. So this guy would have been very early in his career, he would have been mm-hmm. uh, kind of a rookie and still learning. But I'm going to go with Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> yeah. okay. You're the only – it's such a good choice, but mm-hmm. you, that's the only place that he conceivably in between our promotions he'd be. But that's – God, having Ray. Yeah. Especially at that point in his career when, I mean, he's still so light and so quick. And pretty young, like I don't. How old was he at that time? Sixteen or seventeen, I think. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, I remember in Jericho's book, he sat down. I think it was either Lance or Ultimo, probably Lance. Well, or it might have been Luther. There was a. Um, he had his match with Ultimo on a big show, and then they sat down to watch a an exhibition match that was going to be between Psychosis and Ray Junior. Mm-hmm. And they sat there and watched the match that Ray had. And it, I, I, it's been a while since I read it, but at several points during the match, they looked at each other and said, that's impossible. Just for <laughs> the the athleticism that Ray brought. So, um, God, he'd be so much fun to have around. Yeah, and he could work with Eddie. Uh, they could tag together if they wanted to, like that. He's he's young at this point, but there's a 
tremendous amount of upside. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah. That's great. Great pick. Okay. So I'm up. So, um, got my tag team. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with more of a mid card guy here. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with a face. Cause I, I think I want a face here. So I'm going to take the Patriot Del Wilkes. Ah, um, has, he was on my list. <laughs> has some history with Two Cold Scorpio. Um, I think mm. he he mixed well with him and Ron Simmons. Um, good opponent for the Faces of Fear. Did some All Japan, so you know he's going to be familiar with Tally and Kawada. Um, you know he can work Vader. So um, I think he's a good like middle point guy for me. Mm. That's yeah, that's a really good. That's a that's a really good pick. Shad, you're up. Oh yeah, I am, and I am. I've got a guy on my list here, and I'm chewing over whether or not I would want to use him. Uh, so I'm. First thing I'm gonna do is I want to get a dyed in the wool heel that I can have some fun with. I can do some goofy stuff with. I could put him up against anybody, and we could we could screw with an effects budget and stuff. So this is where Papa Shango shows up. <laughs> I love it. Why? Because okay, this is a this is a territory. You know, I mean, for God's sake, Smoky Mountain had Unibomb and the Christmas creature and. Um, the Ninja Turtle, I think. It, screw it. Let's have some fun. Let's let's I think it was Cowabunga, the, the Ninja Turtle. Well, but just screw it. Let's have let's have some fun. Let's get some weirdness out there. And then, uh, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna lean in a little more because I want to have a, you know, whenever it comes to the lighter side of stuff, and I want to have someone who could be scrappy and fight his way up and and has a tremendous upside. He's not there yet, but we could do that. And so I'm going to roll the dice. This is going to be an odd pick, but I'm going to roll the dice. This round is rolling the dice. Shango and the one, two, three kid. Oh, that's a solid pick. Cause we know how good Sean Waltman really ended up being. It mm-hmm. just so happens that he had the misfortune of being an X factor. <laughs> Oh, definitely the admission. <laughs> but then this way, I've got okay. He can have matches with Pillman and Lane. Uh, you know, if he's having matches with bigger guys, then we can tell this story about him. He's trying to outpace him. He's trying to to wear him down. That sort. And if he gets squished, nobody blames him. It doesn't hurt him. And it, but you know, if he's scrappy and God almost pulls it off and. I don't I don't remember what one two kid what his finish was as the one two three kid but you know if he hits the X factor or if he manages to lock the buzzkill or something like that then oh my gosh you know he stole one and it's huge news and so um, yeah that's that's gonna be that's I think I'm getting into I'm getting into a little off the beaten path territory here um. I was kind of I, I thought about him, but I was avoided him because I thought Matt 
might um, be interested. Okay. Uh, I was, but he was not on my list. He's more of an alternate. Okay, um, so I, for my 14th pick, I'm going to kind of take a guy that fits my promotion stylistically. I, I need a mid-level heel. He will wrestle well with about anyone on my promotion. So for my 14th pick, I'm going to take Lord Steven Regal. Steven Regal. Solid pick. It is. Kind of exemplifies my style. Technically proficient. Works stiff. I think would really fit that all Japan mentality if given the chance. Yeah. I I considered him for a while and then I went, well, I mean, he can he can do it, but he might be a little more technical than the. I guess to steal a new day phrase, big men slapping meat kind of stuff I've got going for a good part of my roster. He'd be different, but I don't. mm. I think he might lose some of like with your with the size of your roster. I think he might lose a little of his like his um, what makes him special just by being smaller. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still such a good pick. That's a now that I think about it again, much like a. I think Ron Simmons would have been fantastic in like early nineties, uh, all Japan. Steven Regal would have been fantastic too. Mm. Definitely. I mean, you had guys, uh, you had guys like, uh, Dan Crawford, I'm uh, sorry, Doug Furness and then Dan Crawford, AKA Phil Fon, Johnny Smith. You had those guys like in all Japan at the time, like he would have, he would have fit right in with those guys had like probably fantastic matches with them. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, you're up next with the 14th pick. All right, I'm I'm really actually happy that no one has picked this guy. Um, and this is go- this guy again is trying to build up my light heavyweight division, while also uh, factoring into my luchador need. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm sticking with just two luchadors here. That was one of the parameters for this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm counting Ray as one of them. Eddie doesn't this- count as one because he's Texas. Okay, yeah, I was hoping that Eddie did not count. I didn't think he would. Uh, this guy, Texas. this guy, I'm going. I think would count as a luchador, but uh, also very young in his career. But uh, definitely, we know would pair well with Ray. But you could also have him. You could have him work any of the light, like kind of the light heavyweight guys that I've already picked. Mm-hmm. But psychosis. That's psychosis. A good uh, we still need to do the Ray Junior psychosis uh, feud. That's true. It's on there. Um, we just haven't had a good chance to do it because there's a lot of footage and it really requires like it really requires some like diving into the weeds and we really haven't had a good shot for like yeah. a real deep a real deep dig into anything the first couple of months of this year. Yeah. I was hoping after I get moved we could we could do that. Yeah, that makes sense. So makes Matt, sense. um, you have the fifteenth pick. Oh, it goes back to me again. Yep. Yep. Snake. Okay. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. Wow, I have a lot of picks left. I and mean, I my draft board. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm actually. I have a couple. I'm allowed to have a couple of. Uh, Japanese guys 
Mm-hmm. I'm, going to pick, I'm going to pick a guy who would actually work seamlessly with uh, both Japanese style, like well, and also like Lucha style. I, I know who it is. Ultimo Dragon. Yep. Ultimo uh, did a bunch of time in in Mexico. Yep. He did. Because I mm-hmm. I mean I think I saw him wrestle in CMLL before I ever saw him a Japanese match with him. Because it used to be, because I used to have, my parents had satellite in the late 90s, so I used to get, I think it was on Tuesday nights at first, maybe, no, it might have been Saturday nights, but I used to be, used to get CMLL and AAA, they'd alternate weeks, and Mm -hmm. um, he was having a run in in CMLL at the time. Yeah, I think he would work, I mean, we saw from like late 90s. Uh, WCW, like he he would have fantastic matches with Eddie, with Ray, with Psychosis. You could have him, you could have him face up against like Jarrett, Michaels. Like, there's a lot of options there that I would have. Um, and I mean, he he got over in WCW. Like, there's no reason why he couldn't get over in my promotion too. Sure. You could even have him face guys <laughs> like Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton did uh, some light heavyweight stuff in his time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we just actually talked about them a little bit ago, so I am going to bring in my secondary face tag team with my 15th and 16th pick. I am bringing in Doug Furness and Dan Crawford. Ooh, really solid. Because then they have you can you can pair them with Ming and the Barbarian. You have the Holy Demon Army, and I have Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom kicking around. And they can also, you know, I'd probably use them as as faces to start with, but they could also they could also heal if they needed to. So um, that is my next two picks. So Shad, you are on the board. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm trying to let me see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six to go. And I think. The first one I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna get a built-in storyline going because um, I've got Bob Armstrong around, and so that means that I will use Brad Armstrong. That's a good uh, pick. Because he can either be, I can either have him be somewhere in the mid card, or I can have the story about how he's he's trying to measure up and prove himself to his dad. Um, and now I am considering – I want to look something up real quick because I don't want to um, – I don't want to be making this pick based – the whole reason I would make this pick is because my understanding of a certain area in the region and – where was he from? Yeah, he falls right in there. So because um, in of North Carolina, you know, in North Carolina, we have. Let me see. What's the what's the name? Um, well, it doesn't really matter. There's there's two areas in North Carolina. Um, there's the Robeson Hope Cumberland 
counties, which is where the Lumbee tribe lives. And then there is in Carolinas, there's a place called Cherokee where there is still a uh, Native American population and they're very um, established, that sort of stuff, which means that I'm going to hire Tatanka. Oh. Because Tatanka will – what he does is that he is going to tap into part of my uh, – part of the demographic in my region that can very easily get overlooked. And he's um he's an underrated worker. I think he would fit really well with a lot of the guys you got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, he's he's billed at about 6'2", um, you know, and his – look, we can't take any – we got to consider Tatanka had for his run, um, you know, he had a long undefeated run and he got the crowd pretty fired up with his gimmick too. So, you know, he's got charisma to do it and he's, he's going to be a position player for me, but I think that he is important to have on the card. So here we go, Tatanka. Okay, so my 16th pick was uh, Dan Crawford. So, Matt, you're on the board for your 16th pick. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with a guy who I – he wasn't he wasn't on my list initially. He's an alternate. Uh, but since some of the guys I wanted to pick uh, were taken, I actually would have picked, like, the Patriot. Patriot would have been uh, – And he like got a, that global connection too. Yeah, as, like, an ode to global – I actually would have pushed Patriot as like a, a main event guy. He would have been uh, pretty high up. But I'm going to choose a guy who also could be main event mm-hmm. uh, and was main event. Kind of, kind of has been slept on in this draft, but uh, and and not necessarily what I would think of when I think of like a kind of a Texas Haas type of league. Mm-hmm. At least partly Texas Haas, but I'm going to go Lex Luger. Yeah. He just didn't Le- fit with what I wanted to do. I, I there was nothing against him. He doesn't perfectly fit with mine, but I think given the guys that I have drafted, uh, he actually would fit with a lot of them. And I I do he's a power guy, like so I think he could actually fit well with a lot of people that are on my roster. Um, and we've we kind of uh, like off off podcast we've had we've had a recent discussion actually that lex luger brad you you fully believe that lex luger was is like criminally underrated yes because like he gets a reputation as being bad but he has mm-hmm. he's he's got like bouts of not being great and he has bouts of average but he has some legitimately great periods of his career like his heel run in like 89 and 90 are just absolute brilliance um you know, in 88, he's really good. In 97, he really salvages something for for that little bit of time he's chasing Hogan. Yeah. I I don't know that I would say he's criminally underrated, but I actually would agree he's underrated. Well, I think there are – Why I, I think, think he's criminally hmm? underrated is, is a lot of guys have let – a lot of people let wrestlers that have an axe to grind with him shape the narrative because – and it's not even fair because most of the problems people have with him is because he he recognized his value and got the mm-hmm. most out of out of the offices, which really gets a hate on from certain segments. But it's also people that didn't see like the really great stuff he's done. So people treat him like he's bad or like Ultimate Warrior, and he's not. Like he's he's a guy. He's not even Brutus Beefcake. He is a guy that was 
average, bad, and had some periods of like being legitimately good. That's so comparing him, comparing him to Warrior is that's actually like a good comparison because I think that is how some people perceive him, that he was essentially like the the NWA WCW Jim Crockett version of Warrior, which that's they're not they're not remotely com- comparable only in the sense that they're like, they're both kind of like power guys. I would say that Luger at points in his career, uh, was probably unmotivated. So he wasn't great. He yeah. That, that's... He had that motorcycle accident that really messed him up too. Yeah. Um, but I do feel, I think that, I think, I think the biggest problem for him that people kind of, it's, it's almost like wrestling fans are spoiled. Like he, there's a lot of there's a lot about him that it's not flashy. No. So compare him to like Sting, who he frequently tag teamed with. He was uh, good friends with. He his a lot of his career is associated with Sting. Yeah. Sting was very like dynamic, had a lot more charisma than Luger did. No, no offense, Luger. Uh, but you know, the, the funny thing like, is, hmm? is when when they were starting to push Sting and Luger. Luger actually, in the 80s and early 90s, Luger did draw better than Sting when he was given the ball. Comparatively. Uh, yeah, I can believe that. Because um, Luger really, I think Luger, I think if you took if you took, if you you took, took Sting and you took Luger and mm-hmm. you put them in a vacuum and you did not screw their booking up, I think, I think Luger would have been a slightly bigger star with proper booking than Sting. I don't think he has the merits of Sting, but I think Luger had, especially in like the late 80s before they really screwed him up, like Luger had like that extra it factor that you just can't quantify. And Sting had that, but I don't think he had it quite like Luger did. And there's something I also think what hurts Luger is people know him a lot from his WWF run and he's just Mm -hmm. not a WWF guy. I think I think you can see that how he instantly goes back to WCW and he's instantly like bigger and seems yeah. more important because he's he's like he is like he's an NWA WCW guy and I think I think he just that's just his setting and I think I think people don't get that and I think the yeah. bad booking hurts him he's kind of like Kane in a lot of ways where I think if they hadn't have just like dicked Kane around so much he could have been a little more well. I, uh-huh. Uh, I was going to say the other thing that Luger has is that he was he was you already said when he was unmotivated, it was pretty clear. But um, when you had. Um, oh God, don't lose the thought uh, when. Damn it all. It's gone. Never mind. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, so he did. He was. He did at points have like a more like a larger than life uh, persona. They tried to do that with the WWF, and it didn't quite take because they didn't really go full bore with it. I think, I think he did have periods of greatness. There's some in like the late '80s, but there were still some in like the early '90s. Like, I think what's he? We can generally say that he was. I think he. I do agree that he's underrated, but uh, his like early '90s heel work. Oh, when he was like a champion, Luger is great. Yeah, is was actually like fantastic when he just comes off as like he comes off as a superstar 
and also as like this complete dick heel. <laughs> and, he's and, got, and what I and, love about that is like Harley Race like took him under his wing and like taught mm-hmm. him his like signature maneuver. Yeah. Yeah, and they were they basically positioned him to take over from Ric Flair, and that's that was a like a really like heavy load to carry, and. It's difficult because I mean he he was only in that position for a little bit before he actually and he got you know, he got screwed because Flair walked out like so even his big yeah. moment got like hosed. But that yeah. but that he actually like took it upon himself and he was actually kind of filling that role like he came off to me, and this is like I, I'm looking back like when I was watching it as like a a kid through like uh, basically tapes like stuff that I rented from the video store like watching it but like he came off to me it's like a star he presented himself like that his work was good his character work was fantastic his promos were good like i think there were periods where he was absolutely fantastic and is that um i think too is the match where he actually finally wins the belt is that the one where mm-hmm. he's wrestling barry windham and like barry windham mm-hmm. had, had part of his knee replaced with like a cadaver ligament and it just like exploded like mid-match and then like Yes. They it just it was a terrible match because they were trying to work around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to. Uh, it might have been one of the Super Bowls. I'm not sure. But yeah, so even even his big moment got extra screwed because Wyndham got hurt. Yeah. But I think I do think he has had peers of greatness. I think he's underrated. Um, he. Uh, I actually think they're supposed to be doing. I think they're going to be doing a actually a documentary. I think the WWE is doing a documentary on him. Somebody think, is. Yeah, I could see actually him. I think he's an interesting th- shoot guy too because he's kind of accepted a lot of his. Um, he kind yeah, of I owns think, a lot of his. Uh, I think there's a lot of hate that has been thrown his way because of what happened with Miss Elizabeth and her her death. Uh, he um, admits that that he was basically he was being a scumbag in that time and he just he admits it he's like yeah it was i was in a terrible place they were unfortunately doing things i should not have been doing but i think i think it's really shitty what wwe did with that insinuating that he killed her because people still parrot that to this day and it's just not yeah it's not true because like it really what really bothers me about that is we can talk about the bad things he was doing in his life Mm -hmm. at that point but you're you're taking away miss elizabeth's agency and that whole thing like she chose yes. to go down that path with him and like yes. you can say this or that but like at the end of the day like she she chose that and unfortunately something bad happened but like you can't <sighs> you can't pull this shit where you like say he killed her or whatever because that's really not no. fair because he did not unless he like injected her and made her od like he 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 maybe influenced her but like she still made those choices herself they were both Unfortunately, at the time, doing a, a heavy amount of drugs. Yeah, and, and it, that absolves her of any wrongdoing too, because you know we it, it's it's hard. It, it really is, but we can't mean, really. But I mean, and but to go with that, there's plenty of people that abuse drugs their whole life and they don't die. Like sometimes yeah. you just you just um you just lose that. Well, as you said, people have their own agency. Like he, there, she was. Uh, it's really tragic. Like I'm. It's 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 very sad story. But 
And she had a, I mean, she had a heart. I mean, her, the, the shit, you know, with like her and Randy just had to be tough. And like, she was, she, she was around a lot of that stuff in WCW. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you take him out of the equation, like she might still ended up down that path just because sometimes, I mean, I don't, I don't know her or like what she was going through, but sometimes you're just self-medicating to like make the, the bad go away. Yeah. You're just trying to handle what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and you can arguably say like he suffered for it. I mean, he had, I think what a spinal stroke yeah. that left yeah. him, uh, without a lot of functioning below the neck for many years. I actually saw a recent picture of him <laughs> with all of all people, Missy Hyatt, but, oh, yeah. uh, he was, uh, they were basically, sta- they were standing, they were standing yeah. together and he looks I mean, he doesn't have the physique he had. He looks uh, a little bit frail just because if you have any sort of, like, uh, spinal injury, like, that's that's fairly common. But the dude was standing, so it's like he has... Got some mobility. Yeah, he has progressively... I mean, if you go from, I, you basically can't move, to you're able to at least stand on your own power, like, that's something. Yeah. So... But we're uh, I, we've digressed a bit from my pick, but point is like Luger Luger is I think would work a lot with my roster. He's a guy who I hands down could put in the main event. Um, he could be like my main event face. He could also be turned heel and be a main event heel. Uh, I think his style would actually pair well with a lot of guys. Uh, and you could have him feud with a t- yeah you could you could have him feud with a good number of people on my roster. I like him as a pick for you for a couple of other reasons too. For I didn't get to say it earlier, but just his late nineties WCW face run. I really yeah. enjoyed that. I was a big mm-hmm. fan then. But um Luger brings something that you don't have anywhere on your ro- you don't have the body guy anywhere yeah. on your roster. And that is definitely Luger's wheelhouse. And so Luger with that look, st- strong-looking guy doing strong-looking guy things. You know, mm. I don't know if he was using the torture rack at this point or not, but you know, if he's you know Luger doing strong guy things is going to stand out. It's going to be something new added to your card. I think I think he's a great addition for you. Well, looking at looking at my roster, it's like if eventually I were to push like Scott Steiner as a as a singles. Mm-hmm. Like they could have good matches. Yep. Uh, Barry Barry Windham and Lex Luger could have good matches. Like Shawn Michaels, like he could pinball around for Luger. Yeah. Um, you could probably do power stuff with like Williams and Gordy. Uh, Steve Austin, that could be like a that could be a money feud down the road if I have. Yeah. Sure. You know, Austin Austin developed as a main event guy. Him and Luger. Uh, Jeff Jarrett could work with him. Definitely, sure. like a, a heel a heel Jarrett versus a face Luger could be good. There's just yeah, lot, oh my god. Lot, yeah. I love imagining that match because mm-hmm. it's Weasley Jarrett mm-hmm. running away from Luger because he sees his reflection on Luger's pecs and he's like, if this guy ever lays his hands on me, he's gonna rip me in half. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> I love this idea. And then you could also have like Jarrett uh just even imagining that match, you could have Jarrett do something where he cheats, where he gets the upper hand, and then it's you know, several minutes of him just like pounding on on Luger to get some heat, and then you have Luger make the comeback. Luger could basically kind of be a stand-in for, for lack of a better person to uh, do an analogy for. Like he could be like a Hogan t- 
type sure. person here. Yeah, I uh, I think he would actually fit well with my roster. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think he's a great pick for you. Mm-hmm. So now, you've also got your next pick because yeah. you've got the first 17 pick. Okay, I'm going to go with a guy who uh, is just a fantastic worker. I don't – he's like an alternate because – I don't entirely know if his style would fit. I think he would have fantastic matches with my light heavyweight guys. Um, but I'm going to pick uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, he did it. I'm going to pick him just because I know he would have fantastic matches with, with Ultima Dragon. Uh, you could have him because Ray and Psychosis are you know younger guys at this point. He could be basically a mentor to them and have great matches with them. Uh, Liger versus Eddie would be fantastic. Eddie uh, did some time in New Japan as as one of the Black Tigers. He wasn't. I think it was Black Tiger two, right? He might have been one because Silver King was. Three. No, I think I think I think um Rollerball Rollerball Mike uh, Mark Rocco was okay Black okay. Tiger one. Because I know I know Silver King was thir- the third. He was three. Yeah. I feel I feel like there's even been a fourth one. I don't. I don't know who. The f- oh um, shit, Ricky Reyes. Rocky Romero were. Oh before. yeah, I think that's right. Mime and Ricky Reyes. Yeah. Um. But Liger, I don't, I don't know how well he would fit with like a, a roughneck like Texas slash, lucha promotion. I mean, he's got a think... strikey offense, so I think he'd be fine. Yeah, and you could also, I mean, you could, ha- you could also think about this. Like, you could actually have him form like some sort of wacky tag team. Uh, if not with like Eddie, but you could, I mean, you could do it with Eddie, but you could also have him form like a wacky tag team with, uh, I don't know, Shawn Michaels or, I don't know, like even like, uh, <laughs> what if you had a weird one like with him and Barry or something? And just, yeah, you could at least like feud them, uh, short term with like, uh, Anderson Eaton. Like, could probably put in like some good matches. Like, I, I'm not. I don't think he's like necessarily like the perfect fit. I think Ultimate Dragon, because of his lucha background, is a better fit. But I do think Liger, well, Liger is so, did a so lot talented. of runs in um... CMLL. Yeah. See, you know, CMLL always has been the better, in my opinion, work rate promotion. AAA gets a little weird booking wise for me. It does, and. I remember watching a lot of AAA and probably like the aughts and it just, or yeah, like like the aughts and just wasn't, wasn't good at all. Yeah, I know. Like really bad. Like not, they, Cause not, even when they get like a really great roster, they always make like crappy booking decisions. And mm-hmm. there's always some like, like even when I watched triple mania this year, cause it was free on YouTube. I really liked the Kenny Omega First Laredo Kid match, and then that like yes. chess man versus um, who was the other guy? Crap. Who was was it, it Psycho Clown? No, I don't think it was Psycho Clown. Who was the other guy? Damn it! It was Chess Man and. Let me it, look this up. It wasn't um, it wasn't um, illness. Oh, Bagano. El Bagano. Okay, and and um, just like. So, like, I had this great experience with it, and then Chessman and El Pagano come out, and then they're doing, like, these super, like, unsafe, like, almost unprofessional, like, things to each other. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is why. This is why I never stick with AAA. 
didn't they there was like a spot where he like someone basically bladed at a, like did a shot on uh hugo savinovich yeah he, he did he, he he busted a guitar of his head and the best part was like they did a partnership with disney so they had like marvel characters wrestle on this and then they had oh, these that's guys. right yes yeah so that that's just triple a for you so i'm up next with my 17th pick um i need like a mid-range heel i kind of want a bigger guy guy can work snug guy that's technically proficient um and when you say those words the first that comes to my mind is scott hall oh you know i'm we're late into the draft and no one has picked him until now yep he was just kind of I like up it. In, 93 is kind of a weird year because he's kind of finding himself as Razor Ramon in 93. So um, I think it makes sense. It, it, like at this point, I'm starting to fill in gaps of what I, I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm trying to I'm like looking at my list. I'm like, well, like where am I light? You know, what do I need to do? So that's where he comes in. Hmm. So, Shad, you are up next. Yeah, um, what I'm going to do is, at this point, I need to fill in some spots. I need some more dedicated heels, and I need some heels that will be good to really... I mean, I just really want to piss some people off, and so we're going to have some heel shenanigans, but with guys who can also work in, in kind of a vicious style, so... That means that I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with the Texas Hangman, Psycho and Killer. Okay, Killer and Psycho. That's a good tag team. That's a really interesting one. Yeah. It, well, considering the um, like if I look up and down my roster, I've got you know I've got plucky up and comers. I've got guys who can flip back and forth uh, between either one. I need some people who are just going to be just real dicks. And it was it the it was the uh was it AWF? Yeah, the, they're on the AWF. Yeah. They were one of like we watched two shows and they were one of if not potentially the best match in there. So what we had was we had the two of them just being completely vicious and then with the you know the hooded gimmick and that sort of stuff they can do the the switch shenanigans and all that sort of thing uh, i just you know they fill a spot i think i need mm-hmm. i agree with that i remember seeing uh, the texas hangman um in awa yeah and i feel it was back when the awa was actually airing uh uh, on ESPN when they were doing the whole um it was like the very the challenge series yeah. this is like the very last gasp of AWA I remember um disorderly conduct I think would dress yeah. up as them sometimes in WCW yeah. No they were dis- they were actually disorderly conduct Well one of them was it was Bullpain and I think it was Tough Tom or the original Oh only one of them Yeah and then I think hmm. I think just because it was like a, a masked gimmick Tough Tom and Mean Mike started doing it a little bit in 97 just to change up their, like, job duty stuff. I know that Bull Payne was around in that era. Um, but 
that might but because he was um there was one of the the spring break nitros where it was the one where flair got thrown into the pool at the end oh with where he's wrestling ray yeah well they had told everybody don't do anything with the pool because that's going to be ray and flair at the end the opening match was Bullpain versus Van Hammer, and Van Hammer kept desperately, like just desperately trying to chuck him into the pool. <laughs> so I know he was around for that, um, but I don't know. Well, I am up with my 18th pick. Um, again, I'm filling roster spots here, <laughs> but um, he just stands out to me because he's a good promo, good worker. I think he would fit in with this group of guys. I got a lot. He you look up and down the card you could put this guy with anyone for my 18th pick i am taking tracy smothers Ooh, he smothers. was an alternate he was an alternate for me like fantastic hand that's a great pick and he yeah. would have been really for you he would have been he would have fit in with those like lightweight guys pretty well mm-hmm. i think so matt you're up with your 18th pick uh you know tracy would have been a very tempting one uh I'm going to go with a guy who is a fantastic uh, technical worker, a uh, smaller guy. So he, he would clearly work with a lot of the light heavyweight guys. But because he was such a good technical worker, you could actually have him work some of the other guys I've picked, like Arn, Bobby, uh, even guys like Michael Jarrett. But I'm going to go with Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. The Stinko Malenko. <laughs> Boris Malenko. The man of a thousand holds. Okay, so Matt, you're up with your 19th. Oh, okay. Um, so again, like it, my roster is, it's like a tale of two rosters. It's like I have a lot of guys who are a little bit more like Haas-tastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, bigger guys, stronger guys. Uh, uh, also some guys who are technical, like really good technical workers who could kind of transition and, and face those guys. Um, but the last, my last two spots uh, that I have to fill, I'm going to pick one of the two right now. I'm going with guys who would fit more into that light heavyweight role. Uh, and I'm going to go with a guy who at this point was very young, wasn't, didn't achieve like the greatness he would achieve later, but I'm going to go with uh, very young Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Not you like Robbie a guy. V at this point? He was Robbie V at this point. I actually, uh, he, he, in 1993, I distinctly remember him having like a WCW Saturday night uh, match, I think. It was actually a WCW main event. With, he had one with like uh, Scotty Flamingo on WCW TV, I think. That's not the one that I remember, but I remember him having like a it's basically just like a jobber match. But he was Robbie V, and he was so young and fresh faced. But I remember that match. I even think I had it on, uh, on like videotape at the time, because I was blown away because he did the split leg moonsault, which was like his his finisher for a time. Oh, nice! Uh, That's still a like, great spot. And no one basically was doing that match at the time. Uh, sorry, the match that that kind of. Uh, move at the time, so I was like, yeah. "Whoa!" That's kind of like Two Cold Scorpio. Like he, no one at the time was doing a, a 450 splash. Yeah. So oh yeah, that's two, true. When he did that, it was like you know my my young mind was blown that he yeah. was able to do something like that. Nowadays, you see dudes do, you see Ricochet do like when he's allowed to, when when he's actually on yeah. TV. 
uh, in a match that's more than three minutes long. Uh, you see Ricochet doing like crazier stuff, but uh, Rob Van Dam at the time, like he would have been young, but he could have clearly worked with Malenko, Liger, Ultima Dragon, Psychosis, Rey Mysterio, Eddie, like so many guys on my roster. And a guy who uh, down the road clearly could have, you could have transitioned him, you can transition him into like heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with a couple of up-and-coming guys in 1993 for my 19th and my 20th pick. I'm going to use them to kind of anchor out my tag team division. Uh, again, guys that can go face or heel, I think they work well with my other tag teams, and I can bring them up the card is needed, especially when it's time for Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson to go. Um, so for my final two picks, I am going to take Booker T and Stevie Ray as Harlem. Ooh, yeah. solid picks. And that'll, solid. that'll finish me off for my 20 picks. So Shad, you are up with your last two picks of the draft. Yeah. So I'm looking at my, my stuff and I'm thinking, okay, I need, because you, you can't have everything on your card be the same. Otherwise, it gets boring, right? So I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I need somebody else that's going to that's gonna stand out visually and and do – if not a move, they're going to – there's a move they're, that no one else does. They're going to do one better than anybody else. Plus, I still have one more – Japan pick, which means say hello to Great Muda. I was wondering mm. if he was going to get picked. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a number of guys on the list that I've kind of wondered if they're going to get pickups or not. But um, I thought Matt might take Muda. I actually thought his Liger pick was going to be Muda because Muda's <clears throat> bigger than um, lightweights, but he can work them just because his style is compatible. Yeah. I, th- I thought about that and. I would say I, I was trying to, to do a different type of style with uh, my Texas promotion. Uh, I chose Texas, but the other one that was in contention was I, I was contemplating kind of do like a revamp of like Florida championship wrestling. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I had done Florida, like I probably would have definitely picked Muda because I feel he would have been a little more um, conducive to that kind yeah. of environment. But See, I thought Muda's, about Muda, but I ultimately did not go that route. For me, what's going to happen is Muda is going to pop the work rate parts of the crowd. So whenever you get over into the Carolinas and stuff like that, you know, he I mean, he's he's going to get over anywhere. But there are some places where he's going to shine a little bit brighter. Um, well, and you've you've um, you've slowly kind of rolled out some guys for him to work with with Brian Pillman, one, two, three kid and Brad Armstrong. And he, honestly, even like Sting, Dustin Rhodes, and Cactus Jack would be good yeah. offsets for him. Well, and I've got Brian Christopher and Bill Dundee as my um, my local uh, gimmies, so that that would work too. Yeah. And now I'm under the gun for my last pick, and my question here is, you know, what what goes here? What am I, you know, what am I missing? What do I not have? Because you know I've got I've got a couple of aces way up at the top. I've got some some up and comers. I've got some scrappy guys. I've got some prick heels. I've got some just nasty 
run you down types. And it's I'm sitting here looking at this because we've had, you know, between the three of us, this is it's going to end up being 60 picks out of this. And I'm wondering to myself what the last fit is going to be. And considerations going through my head. I I still I know that he worked in in the area at the time, but I do not trust Sid enough to bring him in. Mm. Um, just just too unreliable. And the the Sid Undertaker main event that we had for our our <laughs> ranking our seventeen WrestleManias really soured me. Well, he was in two matches, and that really soured me. So, you know, dude, uh, I guess I would say I don't necessarily have a muscle guy doing muscle things, but, you know, the people they could do that to would be kind of limited. Um, so, uh, and, and you know what, just as another... Well, I don't want to say good. I know who that... it is. It's nails, isn't it? <laughs> oh God! Oh God! No! Oh, no! 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 I can't. It's it's a shockmaster. No, it's not. Um. <laughs> See, we've been going through this, and I've like been marking folks off my list, and I'm like, well, we're not using that, or that's already been picked, and now I'm looking, and I'm like, well, what in the world is left? Well, like, what do you what do you want like out of your last? Well, that's spot? what I'm trying to figure out. Is because like, if I look big, at the list, do you want a big guy? Do you want like a talker? Because you've got you've got decent talkers, I think, up and down your. Yeah, well, that's one thing I was considering. Savage and Sting can talk. Cactus can talk. The Road Warriors can talk. Lawler very obviously can talk. Um, there is a name here. There is a name here that I don't know if you'd be interested in because. But he is a big guy. I think he'd work well with several of these guys. I think um, Bam Bam Bigelow might be an interesting. Oh, add-on. that's a that's a good point. That's Sorry, a good to get to the list point here. Yeah, I, I've been going up and down or the list. Or you could go. You guys are or you could things. go because because we loved his promo about um in the in you know his Central Park um, promos. But you could take Dirty, dirty Watt Boy. Yep. I did think about that, but Dirty White Boy is going to be massively outsized here. He's he's just not going to fit the way we might want him to. Um, I'm trying to look. You're a little. You could use a heel. I th- no. You could use a face. I think. Well, because I've got I've made it a point to pick so many guys that could be either or, and let me look. Well, that's. You know he would go. You know who would go great with with Muda, Pillman, One Two Three Kid, Armstrong, Christopher, and Dundee is Owen Hart. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about Owen. I really was, because um, he would be he would be different than all of them. He would be doing something different. And I also realized I said strong guy doing strong guy things, and I was like, oh wait, I have Kabashi. Oh, you have Gip Davy Boy still out there too. Oh yes, let me grab him. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> there is no way I trust Navy Boy 
<laughs> there at this point there is no way i matt trust davy boy matt born is doing the clown still there he was on my list yeah. but he just kept getting knocked down a bit um eddie well, gilbert oh ted dibiase still still there. yeah ted dibiase was in the running for my first uh and he can tag with hansen he was tagging with hansen in 93 oh, that's true he did um there are some guys i'm looking at it and it's just you know what? I do need I do need somebody that would be comfortable. To, my the one thing that I'm going to run into is that if DiBiase is doing the million dollar gimmick, okay. my territory is not the one he would be in. You know, you know, Shad. There, there is one guy here. I think you could actually oh, no. use him with the Moon Dogs. You could use him with Killer and Psycho. You could even use him with Muda. Um. Honestly, even Cactus Jack he'd work well with. But how about Kevin Sullivan? Hmm. Oh. And he can talk. He can he talk. talk. He is familiar with the area. And Papa Shango he could work with too because you there's a whole crew of guys that could work with his like Satanist gimmick if you wanted to go that route with him. He could. The I'm I'm sitting here thinking would that step on Shango's toes too much, or not? And that's that's what I'm because. If I'm wanting to, to make sure that everybody's gimmick keeps them kind of unique and kind of special, would that step on it too much? And uh, that's, you know, for example, I've got Shango because Shango would be a great foil. I could have Shango be a foil for anybody, and we can have some fun with that. But that rules out doing things like pulling The Undertaker. Can't do that. Um, that's That's honestly too close. And I can't guarantee I'd have the production values to Undertaker the way Undertaker needs to be Undertakered. What about uh, um? Let me go a little nuts here. What about someone like the Tasmaniac? Ooh, I ha- I was looking at him, yeah, and I don't. I'm not. I don't want to say that I am. Matt's over there. I'm like, will you please pick so I can do my last one? But <laughs> um, I don't want to say I'm paralyzed by choices, but. It's I it's my last spot and I want to have somebody that fits. What about Rick Martell? I considered him. Hmm. Um, very technical, good-looking guy. You know, he would fit a bunch of that stuff. I don't. You know what? I don't really have a technician, do I? Oh, you know what? I got a great one for you because he works well with a lot of your smaller guys. What about Jerry Lynn? I like Jerry Lynn. I was never quite as sold on him as some people were. And Chris um, Candido's still out there. Candido mm. is still out there. And you know, you get you you get Tammy with him, and he can talk on his own. Like he would be. Oh, you do get at this point in time. You do get Tammy as a package deal, don't you? Yep. And the, this which is, is going to help draw in the young men. And this is yeah. and this is Tammy at her peak, like doing like promo like vignettes on how to brush your teeth for like the hillbillies and stuff like <laughs> yeah this is that's that's the thing that sells it is that the package deal of chris candino and and tammy i know i'm running a huge risk on backstage drama they're but, they're pretty manageable for a couple years uh, that's true at, at, at this point in time they're they're kind of staying on track with each other and um yeah, that that package deal gives you so much to work with, and he was. This is him at his peak too. I would say as a worker, like he's awesome at this time. Frame. He was he was pretty built out at the time too, wasn't he? Yeah. Maybe not like 
as bulked as he was in ECW? No, but he had he had some heft to him. He's not like a skinny beanpole. He's got some bulk. Okay, I so, so real we're... quick because with Candido, I don't know when he when did he start using that the the blonde bombshell that top rope power bomb. I think he was doing like a top rope headbutt this time. Okay. I think he started doing the the top rope power bomb in ECW. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's gonna. Candido can do. Uh, he could do some flying stuff, or he could do some technical stuff. So we have and Armstrong. Well, Brett was Brett Armstrong a technician? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. He was. Okay, yeah, so, I would say so that that would then there. He's we have his spot. He's he's trying to deal with the mountains of humanity. I'm throwing in the ring by breaking them down. And you could you could pair him up with like piece. Brian Christopher as a couple of like little douchey. Guys, you want to smack around? <laughs> They'd be so good at it. Yeah. Thank you for the suggestion, Brad. That that's I think that's he, exactly what I He was on my need. short list, but I was running out of spots. Like him and he was on there. Like Buddy Landell was on there. Um, a couple other guys I, were on there. I had DiBiase. I had Kamala um, as an option. Kamala um, and and stuff like that. But it was, you know. It didn't. It wasn't filling the spot on the roster. I felt like I needed. Yeah, that's where you. But you want that last guy to make, like, to kind of put it all together. Well, yeah, and Candido's a good-looking guy. Tammy's a great-looking woman, which means that I get to draw both the young men and the young women off of yeah. one act. So, okay, I'm sorry. I'll quit so, talking now. So my last pick for the 20th was Stevie Ray, obviously, to finish off Harlem yeah. Heat. So, Matt, you have the last pick of the draft. I actually had picked uh, – I had picked a guy, but now I've actually – I'm going to change that. I was originally going to pick Jerry Lynn because mm-hmm. I do think he would fit with a lot of my light heavyweight guys. Yeah. Uh, he would definitely pair well with uh, Rob Van Dam, obviously. <laughs> um, and I think he would still be like a fantastic pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna actually change it up. I'm gonna go with a guy who hasn't been picked, but was discussed in the last few minutes. Uh, and I don't think much like Liger, I don't think this guy perfectly fits with like a like a roughneck cowboy Texas themed promotion. But uh-huh. he's so talented and has such appeal for. Uh, both like the light heavyweight guys that I've picked, and also he's such a good technical wrestler, an underrated like talker, uh, character guy. But I'm gonna choose Owen Hart. That's a good yeah. pick. I thought you, I thought Hart. I thought for sure he was going to be in your promotion, Matt, from the start. I I mean I didn't think of him that way, but uh, I kind of as we as. Remember we watched we watched that pretty good uh, Owen Hart Liger match. Um, oh yeah, that was so good. That's that's kind of like what pushed me over. Like, cause he if I have Liger in my roster, like I could, you could have he Owen could have great matches with Liger, obviously because it, it happened. But he, he could have like fantastic matches with Ultimate Dragon, uh, Malenko, Robbie and Dam, uh, Eddie. Yeah. Oh my God, Eddie. Terry uh, Funk. He could have good matches with Shawn Michaels, Austin. I mean, Jarrett. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyone like, really? Arn and Bobby. Half, half my, <laughs> at least half my roster. And he's a guy who you actually could push. Um, I don't know that you would push him as like the main uh, main event 
worker, but he could definitely like he could flirt with that. Uh, mm-hmm. You could definitely push him as like uh, at least a temporary. Like you could push him temporarily as like a like an upstart heel, or even like a, a plucky face challenging a a dominant heel. Like he could he could fit in that spot. I guess I should um I should reassess my thinking because a uh, friend of the show Justin Curtis mm-hmm. he basically says that uh you know like Alberta or Calgary where the hearts are from it's kind of like it's kind of cowboy in a sense yeah I've like Bret Hart's original gimmick yeah I mean I actually <laughs> I, I I've mentioned this on the podcast before but I, I talked to I've talked to Justin I'm like well. Is Calgary like is that is that like Southern? And I was I think I was like is it like redneck Southern or is it like cowboy Southern? And he's like oh no it's more like cowboy so <laughs> Southern okay. so that makes sense. Uh, yeah maybe he would fit. Yeah I think so. So let's uh, let's do a recap here. What we'll do is we'll kind of go over each person's roster and we'll kind of give comments mm-hmm. what we think about their rosters. Um, oh. I want to I want to throw this in real quick, and we don't have to take very long at all. But it's interesting to me because I've got the PWI list. But it's interesting to me of some of the people that did not end up on a roster. The fact that Flair did not end up on one of our rosters. You know, uh, the problem is, is I kept thinking about taking Flair, but then I got past what I thought my main event was, and I didn't want to congest it with another guy. And mm-hmm. I think. I think out of the three promotions, like I'm the only promotion he fit in, and I kind of like boxed him out unintentionally. Yeah, I, I don't. He wouldn't fit in mine. Uh, yeah, he would fit yours best. You know, Hogan didn't get picked up, but I, Hogan's star was kind of on the wane. And he doesn't fit. Era. Hogan doesn't fit within anything the three of us would do. Now, like Hogan around 95, 96, 97, I might start having some interest in, like when he's going like the Hollywood route. Like if we'd mm-hmm. done like a ni- like a 97 or a 96 draft, I think he would have gone like in the top five for someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Totally see that. That's kind of like a byproduct of this era. Um, Bibiase was an interesting non-pickup. And I think Rude did get picked up because he he didn't have a great 93 and his injuries really quickly on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, he mostly matched my promotion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually feel – I feel Flair would have matched your promotion the best of the three of us. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Hogan would have matched your promotion the best of the three of us. Yeah, he just – it was a bad timing for Hogan. I just didn't – yeah. I wasn't interested. Yeah. Well, well at, as we've talked before, like Hogan – I mean Hogan did have runs, brief runs in New Japan. And Hogan, as we've talked about, is actually – was it – well, was. Was a much better worker than he's given credit for. He just, he was just didn't have – this is a bad era to. for him though because he's off like the steroids. Like he's really small. Yeah, he's slimmed th- down. I don't think he's like cutting like good promos in this era. He's <laughs> really he really hasn't like adjusted it for the nineties yet. Here's a here's an interesting thought experiment. Uh, all things considered, would <laughs> would ninety like early let's say early to mid nineties, Hogan, would he have worked in all Japan? No. You don't think so? 
I, I think feel, I think maybe I, later on, but I, I don't I don't know. It's tough. It's it's that's why I said it's an interesting thought experiment because I feel like he would have done better than we think he would have, but I don't know I don't know how well he would have done. Yeah. Because if you look at if you look at nineteen ninety three, I'm gonna look at I'm I'm I have it pulled up right now. If I look at nineteen ninety three Champion Carnival, all Japan, there's guys on here like I feel he would have worked he would have worked at least as good as if not better. Like I feel Hogan this is gonna sound this may sound crazy to people. I feel Hogan would have worked he would have worked as good as or better as like Davy Boy or Johnny Ace or the Patriot. Oh, definitely Johnny Ace. I think that the Patriot was willing to work stiff where he would have done yeah. better stylistically. Like Hogan, I actually think I actually think Hogan could have could have actually been really compelling. He might have done better than the Eagle. Oh, who was was that Jackie Fulton? No, who was the I I we, when Dave was on this, I couldn't remember. I thought the Eagle was the Patriot first, and I looked the Eagle up all the time. And it's always clear as day once I see who he is, and then I forget in the interim. So I'm going to look the Eagle up right now. And I'm going to be pissed off at myself because I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I, I am actually correct. It's It was uh, Jackie Fulton. Oh, yeah. Huh. Who also wrestled as George Hines. I remember, I remember that period of his career. Yeah. I actually don't think I saw a lot of uh, Jackie Fulton, even though he did. He's not great. I don't remember him being fantastic. I thought about taking the Fantastics, but I would have probably taken Tommy Rogers, but they kind of just fell off my board and I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they would so, probably they would probably be like if we when we start doing this and we make some roster shifts, they'd probably be my first like in group. But so. I want to start with – I'm going to do it in reverse from what we did last time. So we're going to start with Shad's roster, which is Randy Savage, Sting, Stan Hansen, Dustin Rhodes, John Tenta, Cactus Jack, Animal Hawk, Jerry Lawler, Stan Lane, Brian Pillman, Kenda Kabashi, Papa Shango, 123 Kid, Brad Armstrong, Tatanka, Killer Psycho, Great Muda, Chris Candido, Moondog Spot, Moondog Cujo, Brian Christopher, Bill Dundee, and Bob Armstrong. This is a thick, heavy-handed promotion, hmm. except for where it's not, because um, you know Savage isn't isn't huge, but it's Randy Savage. He's so good that you can't not take him. But between Lane and Pillman and Waltman and I guess Brad Armstrong and Muda and Candido, I've got this array of smaller guys that are going to in Pillman who are going to do cool things as well contrasted to the rest of the roster that's going to be doing, you know, heavy-handed hard-hitting stuff. And so that that's kind of where I was hoping for a little bit is I was shooting for I got to have the hard-hitting stuff cuz the area I'm in, but I've also got to have people do cool stuff. Because if you just see the same matches, same kinds of matches over and over again, you're going to get bored and you're not going to go back. So that's that's kind of where I was going. Yeah. So what I, I see, I, I agree with that. I think um, I think looking at how your roster would shape up, I'm imagining Animal and Hawk are probably going to 
get your first title run and probably run with them for six to eight months. And then they'll probably be heading out the door once they lose them to maybe like a younger team or to okay. a trade of some sort. Um, I think um, Kabashi's an interesting guy that I think could climb your card pretty steadily. Mm-hmm. Um, I find Shanga to be an interesting kind of dark horse guy here that could possibly be your world champion, especially like with the proper storytelling. Okay. And um, I think for me, Randy Savage would probably be my main guy to start with. And I think, I think Randy Savage and maybe Cactus Jack or, or Hanson would be my main feud to start with. And then like, uh, I don't know if you're going to Lawler can be heel or face, but yeah. uh, I think he would probably be my main like non-title program while Sting just kind of polishes off your mid-range guys and probably like your I think I'd probably do like something like Sting and Muda right off the bat and just do some crazy Oh yeah, that, oh, that gets yeah. people in the door real quick because they're Sting and Muda is doing awesome stuff and people are like, I gotta see this. Yeah, and kind of I'm, to acclimate your fans away from the hard hitting stuff. So down the road in a year or two, you can start kind of cycling in some different stuff. See, I I like to think, and you're gonna have to tell me if I'm off base here, but I also like to think that this roster is diverse enough that I can play mix and match with most of the roster back and forth and have fresh feuds for a long time. If there's without... really a lot you could do, because even, even someone like Tatanka can work face and heel, and he could mm-hmm. really, I mean, I, I, could, I see a legitimately eight feuds that he could pull off in an interesting fashion. Like, I think um, Tatanka and Candido would be interesting. Tatanka and, and Shango... Um, Something with Pillman, something with Lawler, something with Jack. Like, he really has options. And even Dustin Rhodes, like, you could do something with him and Lawler. Um, even something with Muda, like, he has options. And even even guys you got, like, Brian Christopher in this era is yeah. really interesting. And, like, you know, he could do stuff with, like, Brad Armstrong and Tatanka and... And any number of guys, even you could do something with him and Sting, like where Christopher just cheats all the time and like annoys yeah. Sting. Like, I think you really have a lot of of good options here. And Bob That's Armstrong kinda... is your commissioner, like really, really sets a tone of good talking that your roster can back up with their voices, too. Yeah. yeah. Savage can talk. Sting can talk. Hanson can. Yeah, he can kind of talk. Um, Cactus can talk, Lawler, um, Kobashi doesn't need to, Candido and Tammy would be great, and then, you know, the Hangman don't need to, Muda Shango doesn't need to. can talk, if you want him to. Did he talk much in that? He did in the USWA. Okay, okay. Well, well then... I mean, he, if he, if you want to actually go down, the, like, chronologically, like, he talked a lot as Godfather. Yeah. That's true. Like he he can talk. I mean, yeah. Yeah, gimmick the gimmick. If you keep him as the Papa Shango gimmick, it it's uh, probably less conducive to him doing like long promos. I think I he, would. He could still talk. I feel like if I was if I was booking this with Shango, I'd probably have him talk to get some of the stereotype out of it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And he can talk okay. And I think it makes him creepier if he can talk. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to talk much. No. It can it can be short stuff. And then given that it's the Papa Shango gimmick, if he is invoking getting an article from the person or something from their past or something like that, he doesn't need to. He leaves it mysterious enough that when you do dig into it, you're like, oh, crap, he found that. Yeah. So. I agree with that. So then I'm... – so in my roster, we've got Big Van Vader, Bret Hart, Kurt Henning, Ray Trailer, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, Ming the Barbarian, Ron Simmons, Too Cold Scorpio, Toshiaki Kawada, Akira Tawe, The Patriot, Lord Steven Regal, Doug Furness, uh, Dan Crawford, Scott Hall, Tracy Smothers, Booker T, Stevie Ray, Mike Enos, Wayne Bloom, Johnny Stewart, Al Snow, and Sergeant Slaughter. So I think we're... My very tippy top guys, other than Vader, kind of have that ability to work um, both sides of the spectrum. I think I think my mid range picks have that, and then I went more with utility guys that fill specific roles as I went down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think I have a balanced card through and through with guys that will have very good roles for themselves and um can have good matches i think i have a good tag team division and um i think where i'm a little weak is i don't necessarily have great talkers from start to finish like i definitely have some guys that would need some mouthpieces Hmm. i think the biggest talkers that you're gonna have because because vader's Vader could talk, but it it really worked better when he was doing his shtick and someone else was being more articulate. I think um, Tra- I think Tracy Smothers, Kurt Henning, and Ricky Morton are my best talkers. Trailer's pretty good too. To, Too Cold to Scorpio some, is not bad either. I, I don't have much recollection of Scorpio doing uh, Simmons, interviews. Simmons and but. Regal are fine too. So they're fine, but. Uh, Hart, Henning, Morton, I think would be your your top of the line promos. Smothers and Trailer, I think would be just an ace below that. And Enos and Bloom are good because Bloom always interrupts Enos. They cut good promos. <laughs> like Furnace and Crawford aren't gonna really talk. I mean Hall's a good talker. Booker T and Stevie Ray are okay, but I think they work better with a manager. And then Ming and Barbarian are obviously not going to talk. Booker needed to do a little bit of growing to get better with the interview stuff. He needed about six years at this point. But I think where I think where mine is going to really shine though, I think is work rate more than the talking. Yeah, I, I you you definitely got the work rate promotion. I think I maybe should have taken Flair. I really did need a talker in here. Hmm. <laughs> well, Al Snow can talk. I could make Al Snow someone's manager because he could talk in this period. That's okay. true. Yeah. So then we have Matt up next. So Matt has Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Steve Williams, Terry Gordy, Barry Windham, Jeff Jarrett, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Terry Funk, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, Ultima Dragon, Lex Luger. Hushin Liger, Dean Malenko, Rob Van Dam, um, Dam, 
uh, Owen Hart, Chris Adams, Iceman Parsons, Moadib, who is Ahmed Johnson, Black Bart, and Kevin Von Eric. So the one thing I noticed when looking at Matt's um, Matt's promotion versus Shattermine is uh, Matt kind of took on a project promotion. Like he has a lot of he has a lot of guys stashed away that are going to be good in one or two years, and that he's really building. Like he he. He he kind of shied away from current star power to build mm-hmm. kind of Matt has like a closet of guys that are gonna be a big deal in two to three years if you were if you're looking at this promotion objectively in nineteen ninety three. Whereas mm-hmm. um I think Shad and I to a certain degree forewent um projects versus straight up these guys are productive now. That's a good way to put it. They're yeah. guys. They're guys who I would be counting on to kind of uh, carry things for a couple of years uh, mm-hmm. until until like the younger guys uh, kind of develop. Like I, uh, the Steiners, Anderson Eaton, Wyndham, Williams, Gordy, like those, even Terry Funk, like those guys could uh, Luke or even um, those guys could kind of carry things, and then a couple of years down the road, you'd have guys like Michaels. Um, Austin, Jared. Jared was pretty good at this point, but he was still kind of young. Like Jared, uh, Guerrero, um, they Owen Hart, even like they could kind of be, they could kind of move up into like the upper mid card, even main event potentially. And then you got guys like Mysterio, Psychosis. They would be uh, bringing up the rear, but they're you know they're, they're allowed. There's some time to develop. Rob Van Dam. It's a it's it's kind of a weird mix. It's a but I actually am happy with things because I think I think there's a lot of potential there. I also think I, if we if we were to look at our rosters in like two years, I think I think Matt's would probably have the biggest turnover because like I think um I think if we were looking at this Barry Wendham Steve well Barry Wendham Terry Gordy Terry Terry Funk and maybe Lex Luger would have moved on and he's got some more young guys. I think like Chris Adams Parsons and. Ahmed Johnson and Black Bart would all be gone too. So I think I think I think what we'd see with Matt's is a lot of his older talent would have moved on to be replaced by younger talent still as the other talent mm-hmm. like moves up. And you would have had time to build that talent up. And so when those guys put them over on the way out, then you have made these new stars in a big way. Because I could see I could see like like looking at this like some of the things i would think of is like oh like i could see like marty Janetti slotting in and like showing up in this promotion in like the first six months or you know something like that or i could see oh i could see chris candido jumping from like shad's promotion to matt's mm-hmm. so um matt i think one thing your promotion has over the rest of us other than terry funk yelling at people every show which would be awesome but uh, <laughs> is you have a a selection of guys on your roster that are going to do really cool stuff to watch between like just just looking at uh, between Michaels, Eddie, Mysterio, Psychosis, uh, Ultimo Dragon, Liger, Malenko, RVD, Owen Hart. Uh, Bobby Eaton. There are going to be some matches that have some just absolutely cool as hell stuff going on. I agree with that. I think I think Matt's 
Matt's going to have like that high flying promotion with like some crazy like hoss fights in there. I think I think my promotion's going to be that promotion if you just want someone to see like if you just want to see guys beating the shit out of each other and having like these great matches in the ring and I think Shad's is the one you're going to go to for like I think Shad's is going to be the one like do you just want to see some like crazy shit happen and guys like <laughs> and guys like just talking like some mad smack on a weekly basis, I think is like, like, I think, I think Shad took a very Memphis esque promotion. Like, I think, I think that's the one where you go to see like the crazy stuff happening on a weekly basis. And some, like you said, talking mad smack. So, uh, do we, do we have what we might consider parallels with what we're looking at on our rosters? Like, you you compared mine to Memphis. Uh, I have a very WCW roster. I feel like. I feel like I have I, <laughs> I have a very WCW roster. I feel like I have a very mid nineties WCW roster, and you have a very like ninety six ninety seven WCW roster. With like your, yeah, okay. actually, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I'm going to look at looking at my roster. Uh, let me see. I actually think I actually think everyone was on, was at some point in WCW. Uh, what? Maybe even Owen Hart. Was Owen Hart? Did yeah, Owen he Hart? was in the early he 90s. Had a very brief period. I think didn't did Owen Hart team with. No, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of something. Shawn Michaels is your only guy that wasn't a WCW guy ever, I think. Uh, that's correct. That's right. Because, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at mine. Because I think all my guys were in WCW at some point, too. No, Doug Furness, Dan Crawford, Akira Tawe, Toshiki, Tosh, Toshiaki Kawada were not. And then... Um, most of Shad's guys were not Lawler or Kabashi or Shango or Tatanka. No, um, wasn't didn't they sign Tatanka for a while? He just never wrestled. Who does he Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Tatanka was kind of a pocket pick because I was trying to appeal to a very specific demographic in my area. No, he's a he's um. He's um he's an underrated worker. He just didn't fit with what I was doing, but he was like kind of on my my radar. Well, that's that's what that's what pushed him over the edge for me. So he is kind uh, of an underrated worker. Yeah, yeah, and he he did work USWA, so he has some history in the the region. Uh, not underrated like Lex Luger is uh underrated. <laughs> but I, I no, I agree with you on that. Luger's Luger, we we already covered it, but Luger gets a bum rap. Uh, you know, Chad, uh, yep. down the road, I could have uh, I could have Terry Terry Funk win that Brass Knucks championship, and then I could bring in uh, young Tommy Dreamer. Oh, you could, <laughs> and have them feud with each other. Because you don't want to get cow, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, please. Tommy, for your goddamn coward. <laughs> I hope I hope Terry is okay. Like he, the latest news yeah. is he contracted uh, 
COVID. But I think I had heard that he was actually recovering. So hopefully he's got through the worst of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so. You know what? uh, Somebody who was around at this point in time and actually I think did uh, at least a brief stint in WCW and maybe had even worked uh, parts of Japan, but none of us even thought about was Benoit. I think you're all so, I think, traumatized by things that... I considered him, but I would have wanted him in a tag team with Bobby Eaton like he did in 93. I wouldn't have wanted him yeah. as a solo act, but um, I wasn't super interested in having him on my roster either. Yeah. I, I looked at him, and then I thought about what I had, and it was kind of a... Like, he would have been kind of a mix between my two kind of the the two uh themes i have going you know doing hard hitting stuff but then also being technical or getting the airborne a little bit but i don't know it just maybe i am just too gun shy about pulling him in i didn't want to there were um i think the there were a couple guys i was i had thought about and the guys that just didn't get drafted but like um the nasty boys did not get drafted IRS and Ted DiBiase did not get drafted. Yeah. The Undertaker didn't get drafted. He just didn't I, I, fit with what I was doing. Yeah, I came he, real close on DiBiase. He, I actually, DiBiase was on my alternate list, um, which I think he was in my he timeline wise he would have kind of been like wrapping up his in ring, but I do still think he would have he could have had some utility in like my promotion, um, and actually. Now that since he's mentioned, I didn't even contemplate Taker, but Taker would have actually probably played well in my promotion. But I would have, I would not have had him as like Taker. He would have been like, you've um, been being Mark Callis. Yeah, but I mean, he would probably he would have worked. Like he's, I mean, the dude's from Texas. Like yeah, he could have played in that. Let's I just, see, um, it's not Steamboat didn't go. I, he I was he was an so alternate. Close. He was an alternate for me because just because like he's such a fantastic worker like it uh he's kind of a favorite of mine like steamboat is probably if i had to rank him i would probably put him in my top 10 i i thought about it i thought about taking him at five but mm-hmm. then i thought i got too top heavy i was gonna get too top heavy if i took mm-hmm. him yeah i was i was so close the spot stan lane went in almost went to ricky steamboat and I didn't go for it because I looked at it and I thought Ricky Steamboat and Sting are going to be too similar to each other for my roster that I, I don't feel comfortable taking him. I, I'm but, a, oh, it was so close. I'm a little surprised that Shane Douglas didn't go. Well, OK, look, I I I popped friend of the show Christy Petrillo once already. It was somebody else's job. <laughs> I, he just didn't fit with what I was doing. I think um, I think he has his merits. I don't think he fit with my style, and I don't think he actually fit in anyone's style of promotion really well. I think I think he might have gone to someone that, had we like done like twenty five roster spots. Potentially, um, I was also concerned about him smashing things into a blithery, and God, that just drives your insurance up. But Rick Martell uh, didn't go, um, but he was kind of – I don't think he – Martell was close. 
Yeah. Marta. I think he, Brad, he probably would have fit you better than anybody else. Yeah. I, I thought about him. I think, um, I think if you had some more spots, Chad, I think Vampire Warrior would have really fit well with your promotion. He was actually an alternate of mine because I actually think he would have actually, he probably would have worked really well with mine too. Yeah. Consider it. I, I I think um I also think for Shad if he had more spots like Dirty Dutch would have been a good addition, even though he, he was, was on he was on the list broken down. Uh, the fan well, ha- I looked him up. I looked up Dutch, and it seemed like he was just doing commentating in '94. He wrestled a bit. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I had um, I had the Fantastics on my my expanded list a little bit. Um, they just I just ran out of spots. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry Sims, I think, would have been a good fit for Matt's promotion had he had a little more space. That's an interesting one. I didn't even contemplate Terry Sims. With all those, with all those small guys, like he's not like well known, but he would have, he would have, he would work well with a lot of those guys. He actually would have. I was so close. Um, and I'm going to be dead honest with you. I was so close to drafting Bobby Fulton just because of my personal experience with him. But uh, just not a, you know, not a good spot for him. I think Sabu would have been an interesting addition to Matt or Shad's promotion. Sabu would have because to to throw, you know, to throw him against some of the the big guys that I've got, Hanson and Tenta and, and the road, like you, you have then you, you have a guy who, instead of like going toe to toe with him or trying to chop him down, just like flings himself at him. Now they, um, um, this team was on my short list, but they did not get taken, but I did have, they were they were in the especially when I took Ming and Barbarian I thought they would be a good counterbalance but the smoking guns were actually on my list. I did think about them. I thought about them a lot. Cause they they I mean they I think actually all three promotions they would have had some benefit to each of us. Because it's another face or heel team and. You know their gimmick work. Well, their gimmick would have played better for Matt, I think. But, but I mean, they're big guys. They were okay in the ring. They worked well together. Yeah, and you know they would fit like that Haas fight thing, or they'd fit the the harder hitting stuff well. They wouldn't. They couldn't talk for shit. But I mean, <laughs> that's why. Um, that's why they had Tammy as their manager. But yeah, well, for a little bit. So we were going to do a manager one tonight, but like I said, we need to research that a little more. So what we'll probably do is we're going to come back the next week with um, Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. Um, we, so that's going to be our next one. And then we might come back and kind of flesh this out and talk about like what our initial champions, maybe like what our first feuds would be. So I think that's what our next two shows are going to be when we're done with this. Okay. And then we'll probably, once we're done with that, we'll probably get back to some cartoons. We've been wrestling heavy lately. Yeah, we're we've got some uh, we've got we've got a, some big years in the cartoon stuff coming up. Yeah, um, we've just been giving that a break because we're really hit. We're going into like because I think X Men hit the the spring schedule of the next one we do. Yeah. So we're getting into like yeah. we're getting into those big '90s years, and I think we kind of wanted to hit those like 
in a fairly decent succession, but I think we wanted to give that a break. And funnily enough, I watched um, Ewoks just hit Disney Plus, and that is a very weird show. <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah, and Droids, I think, hit too. But that is it for this week. Do either of you have anything before we um, we ride off into the sunset? I do not. This was actually super fun doing this draft. It was just really interesting. (laughs) I actually like I'm I'm really actually pleased with my uh, with my promotion. I actually would want to book this promotion. (laughs) What we're going to do, what we're going to do is like we'll check in maybe every couple of months and we'll do some like basic bare bones, like big picture booking just to like progress our promotions. And we'll probably what we'll do is like expand our rosters out a little bit and let us sign some free agents and then we'll yeah. we'll figure out a system where we can like start letting some of these guys go if we yeah. once we finish with them. But what we'll, we'll do is we'll probably I'd say this will probably be a show we do every other month or quarterly. We'll we'll check in and like kind of talk about some big yeah. picture booking. Not I I'm not going to book this promotion like weekly or anything. I'm just going to no. I'll get like just you know hey who are our champions? What are our main feuds? Like who's who's doing what? Where's people on the card? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. What did you think of our rosters? Was there someone you thought one of us should have picked up but didn't? We would love to hear from you on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we will catch you next time.